Good evening, all you creatures of the night and late night prowlers. This is the latest podcast episode in gore and guts, slashers, screams, and squeals, the paranormal, extraterrestrial, and the fucking supernatural. We're talking about all the movies that conjure up your nightmares. This is It Records. I'm your host, Matt Johnson, joined as always with the fantastic, the creative, the ever-charming Peter Hansen. Peter? Why do you always do this to me? <laughs> it's just how I feel. i got to express myself to you, Pete. Always give me such a warm welcome, and then I'm like, hey, guys, I'm, hey, I mean, <laughs> I'm doing good. <laughs> they, they, they get the charm from, uh, from your response. Um, but everybody, this week, what we are doing is the 1997 British-American science fiction horror film Event Horizon. This morning, TDRS picked up an automated navigation beacon broadcasting at two-minute intervals in Neptune orbit. Neptune orbit. This is incredible. It's the event horizon. She's come back. The event horizon is the culmination of a secret government project to create a spacecraft capable of faster-than-light flight. The ship doesn't really go faster than light. What it does is it creates a dimensional gateway that allows it to jump instantaneously from one point of the universe to another light years away. Where has she been for the last seven years, Doctor? That's what we're here to find out. After seven years in deep space... There were 18 people on board this ship when it disappeared. I want them all accounted for. Opening outer door. It came back abandoned. Any crew? Negative. This place is a tomb. But it didn't come back alone. Captain Miller! I've got some problems here! This ship has been beyond the boundaries of our universe. Who knows where it's been and what it's brought back with it. This ship is reacting to us and the reactions are getting stronger. What are you telling me? That this ship is alive? Oh. I have such wonderful things to show you. Oh my god! It knows my secrets. <laughs> it knows my fears. Vacate, I want off this ship. I can't leave. She won't let you. one of the second times I want to say we've done a sci-fi horror film so we'll we'll address that again uh, if it's science fiction or if it's horror if it's a blend of of both directed by uh, Paul Anderson not Paul Thomas Anderson a uh, different guy but before we get into the plot I'm gonna throw I did over. have that confusion by the way D- did you <laughs> I did a double take when I looked at it but uh, IMDB specifically puts Paul W.S. Anderson to make sure nope it is not Paul Thomas so not the Boogie Nights guy. Or the master. <laughs> or the master. Or uh, there will be blood. There's plenty. There's plenty he's done. 
Um, but Pete, before we talk about Event Horizon, which was your pick this week, can you hit us up with the creepy headline? Of course I can. So, as you well know, this is a space movie. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I was aware, yes, I watched the film. <laughs> That's good. It, yeah, infinite space, infinite terror, I like to say. <laughs> is that the tagline? Yeah, that's on the poster. <laughs> so this is a, a true story from an astronaut. I believe he's an American astronaut. His name is Jerry Lineger, so that sounds pretty American. But uh, Jerry Lineger was in the middle of an extended stay on the Mars space station when a catastrophic fire threatened what was then meant to be the longest period of time any American astronaut spent astronauts spent in space. The station normally held three astronauts at a time. Linager told BuzzFeed Science, this is a BuzzFeed article by the way, <laughs> unless the crew was in the middle of switching personnel over, when two crews would be in the station at the same time, with six astronauts on board, the station the amount of oxygen produced by the regular tanks was sometimes not sufficient, and in those cases the crew needed to open a supplemental tank. Things went from... Well, God, I'm going to have to spell this word out for you. J-O-V-A-L. Jo- Jovel? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know more words than I, so I, th- I was hoping you would know. <laughs> uh, to a terrible in a split second, when the tank of concentrated combustible oxygen-based chemicals caught fire and turned into what can only be described as a huge unstoppable blowtorch. I was sucking down some dehydrated... Jesus. Borscht? I don't know what the hell that is. Borscht? B-O-R-S-C-H-T. I don't know what that is. You got me. Yeah. But he's sucking it down. Yeah, he's sucking it down. Oh my god, my dog's barking. <laughs> I can hear that, yeah. Yeah. I, I'll get him in a second. <laughs> and next thing you've got the master alarm blaring. This was pretty much a worst case scenario for the astronauts and cosmonauts on Mur. There are three things that are your own for. Lunar just said, you better respond more or less automatically to them because there's no one that can help you. Oh boy. <laughs> Those things are in fire, check, toxic substances in the air, from a super hot flame burning through equipment and rapid decom- decompression, which would almost certainly happen if the flame burned a hole through the thin thin aluminum separating the inside of, from the vacuum of space. It was a hot, hot fire burning out of control, he said. This lasted for 14 minutes, and they said, you've got to get rid of the distractions, put the fear away. And you sort of got to realize, if I don't stay calm, I'm dead. Wow. I kind of, I just skipped over the last part, but he made it out okay. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's fucking crazy. No, that is, that'd be a terrifying situation to be up. Where, when did that take place again? Uh, 1997. A, so, I, the year of Event Horizon. That, that oh, wow, I didn't even realize yeah. that. Yeah. So man, yeah, you'd have to. Act, I feel like you'd have to act extremely quick and be incredibly calm if that broke out while you're just orbiting somewhere. It, you're in, you're in fucking middle of nowhere, literally. Mm-hmm. It's fucking space. <laughs> yeah, no one's coming quick. So, hey, let me get that rescue team over here. 
You know, we'll be up there in like a week plus. We'll just put our jet boosters in uh, super fast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, Pete. I appreciate the creepy headline this week. As always, you deliver. You bring them. I mean, I look forward to them every week. I'm sure the listeners do as well. I I surprise myself because I... I just like look at it and I'm like, oh, it looks good. And then I get stumped in the middle of reading them. <laughs> They're like, oh, I, I don't know this word. <laughs> oh. uh, you, were, you were perfect, Pete. You were perfect. Don't worry about it. If only I had a, an active dictionary on hand. So I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> There's two words in the same paragraph. I didn't know. <laughs> okay, with that being said, guys. If you haven't seen Event Horizon, we're going to dive into it. Uh, I hadn't seen it. This is my first viewing. But the synopsis, just it's a space movie. A rescue crew is sent to investigate a spaceship. That's the Event Horizon. That's disappeared into a black hole somewhere off of Neptune, going on a mission to see the, the lengths of the solar system. But now, it's returned. They've got a radio communication from it. The rescue team is out to investigate. But now that this Event Horizon has returned, it seems to be with someone or something new on board. And that's where we take off. Um, we're going to try to discuss um, some what the horror significance of this is. I mean, as we did with Cloverfield, I mean, this movie has several elements of science fiction as well as horror, and maybe see if it falls in one genre more than the other, or if it's a, a better blend than Cloverfield was, um, as well as see sort of what it was derivative of. It has a lot of elements, I think, maybe Pete, you'll agree, of um, sci-fi movies and horror films um, that were before it that it kind of drew from um, for the scenes in it. I was, I was just thinking when you're talking about that, how many sci-fi horrors were before this like i want to it's definitely not the first but like of this kind i feel like it's kind of ahead of the curve because we were talking off mic about sphere which is very similar and it was a year after this Mm -hmm. and there's like oh no go on i was gonna say sphere was also a book though that was predated the event horizon that's true so the story was out there the movie was just a year after. But go on. And I was going to say that, um, and then there's like Europa Report, which is like another sci-fi horror. Um, God, what else? Isn't like Mission to Mars, kind of? Mm-hmm. But those are after. Yeah, I was right, just saying like, one. I was trying to say like, space like of like space horror, like Pandorum or like Alien. Sun- Sunshine. Oh yeah, I guess you got me there. <laughs> yeah, Alien that was that predated it um uh solaris was that before it or after it see i think i'm confusing solaris now is that are you thinking that russian movie is that the one yeah yeah from the 70s 72 yeah yeah okay so i guess yeah there's there's definitely a couple out there but Mm -hmm. like i feel like the tone that this one presents is kind of like how a lot after it kind of emulated it like i kind of feel like a lot of these took after 
um, Event Horizon for some reason. And I get what you're saying. Um, I feel like this came out in 97. A lot of early 2000s, mid-2000s space movies came out that were maybe more science fiction or science fiction thrillers, but followed this same kind of tension and feel. Yeah, um, yes. Like you said, Mission to Mars, Red Planet was out there. Um, yeah, around the year 2000, I feel like a lot of space movies, there's a, a huge push for space movies. Like even, these, this one's more thriller, horror, um, but like Armageddon and like Deep Impact, all those came or out the around. the core, even though that's not space, it's like the, the opposite. Core. It's like, yeah. oh, we're going into the earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Sphere's like that too. Sphere is like space related, but they go on, on, uh, in the ocean and yeah. meet these aliens. So there was some fascination during that time period. But with that being said, it might have uh, been ahead of the trend there. I do think the actual plot took a lot from movies that predated it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and we can, I guess we can get into that um, by just kind of going through the plot with people and giving examples. So um, the movie starts out. There's a, a rescue team that's going to find the event horizon somewhere around Neptune. To the year 2015, everybody. That's the first opening credit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have a colony on the moon. Um, the movie takes place in 2047, correct, Pete? Yeah, I yeah. Or is it 2050? Between 2047 and 2050. Yeah. That time, okay. Um, and that's, that's where it takes place. But 2015 is basically the year that we start exploring space. And we have colonies on Mars now in this movie. Um, so... Event Horizon sent to... There's woman there in Mars, right? Isn't that what the one of the guys says? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what is it, Dr. DJ? Trauma Dr. DJ? Is that what he said? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Who's played by... Um, what is it? Jason Isaacs? Isn't yeah. this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with that, this Sam Neill, who's Alan Grant... By the way, in Jurassic Park is in this movie, and Lawrence Fishburne. So there's some big names. You got some big names in this film. It's just weird seeing... I've seen Sam Neill in, like, a random amount of horror movies, and it's always weird seeing him as, like, the bad guy, because I always see him as Dr. Alan Grant. Right, okay. We, <laughs> well, if we can address this point. Uh, we kind of... Spoilers, I guess. Uh, you said seeing him as the bad guy. Yeah, the sorry. Ends, Oh, no, but I'm just saying he progresses to the bad guy in this yeah. movie, which was like a 180 turn for me. And I didn't feel terror from him. I, I, I just kept seeing Alan Grant, the guy from Jurassic Park, and I'm like, you can't be this menacing demon type person. He's also a really weird character in one of his first movies. It's like, oh, my God, it's some, I want to say it's some German horror movie. It's from mm-hmm. the 80s. It's fucking, I'm looking at his page now. But it's a really weird fucking movie. And it's a really young Sam Neill. Um, God. Where the f- Possession. That's it. That, he's all- and he's just a weird fucking dude in that movie. <laughs> he's also in The Omen 3, I believe. I think it's the third yeah, one. Yeah, that's right. Does he yeah. play... He plays... Uh, Damien, doesn't he? Is it like an, yeah. a young adult? An, an adult Damien. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he has some ro- some roots in the horror genre, and he's in that he's in a vampire movie with Ethan Hawke. Daybreakers, with Daybreakers, yeah, there we go. Um, 
But back to Event Horizon. We went on a tangent there. Yeah. Sam Neill's IMDb page. <laughs> um, but Sam Neill, we'll get to him. He, he's we, His name's Weir. And he designed the Event Horizon. He goes and meets the rescue team, which is ran by Lawrence Fishburne. Who are military, I want to say, right? Yeah, I kind of got that, that they were like a military sort of... that. What was it? Uh, when the... When someone drops the ball, we get the call. That's what, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what Fishburne said. Yeah, that's right. He did say that. So I never got what like their organization was, but that that's what their mission was. That's what they do. Um, They're uh, trying to c- copy the alien. Was it the company or whatever? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they drop the ball, we get the call. Um, yeah, but they travel out to Neptune. And you you get the, the horror setup, I'll say. Um, I mean, the first opening shot is like a, a mutilated person spinning in space, but then... Okay, I was wondering when you were going to bring that up, because I was just like, what? Yeah. And then it was like, almost like a precognition dream he was having. Yeah. I mean, the opening shot is a man spinning mutilated in space in a spaceship that's like a cross window um, behind him. And I thought, I took it as it was Sam Neill. Um, that's what I thought. Yeah, because that's what he looks like at the end of the movie. Um, so he has a precognition, as you said. I mean, what the Event Horizon does, um, it creates a simulated black hole. It creates a black hole, basically, and that's how you can travel throughout time and space. That's so I behind thought... three gravitational pools, fields. Yeah, <laughs> three gravitational fields um, ran by the, uh, what is it, the, gra- the gravity drive. Um, it's basically in the middle of the ship, it's three spinning rings around this core um, is what the the gravity drive is. And quick trivia on that. In the script, it was meant just to be like, if you see the movie, like that blob stuff that they walked into, like that gel-looking stuff. Mm-hmm. It was meant to be like that completely. But the director, Anderson, changed it to be the, looking like the rings um, as an homage to Hellraiser for the cube. He wanted to look like that. So when they all locked up, like Weir said, when all the rings aligned, that's when the dimension opened, which is the same thing with the cube in Hellraiser. When you oh. align the cube, it opens the dimension. So, yeah. Fun little fact, because another off... off I, keep, I was almost say off camera. We're on a mic. <laughs> yeah. uh, we talked about how um, Clive Barker was involved in like early he drafts. Was. Mm-hmm. Um, with this, and do you know any more about that? That um, I know that he was involved in pre-production, and it went through a lot of rewrites. Um, he doesn't get any credit. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> he, yeah, he doesn't get any credit for writing on it or anything. There was another writer who helped and got credited later on. Um, but go- but going with that in pre-production and the writing, it was originally it ran 130 minutes. Um, the original cool. screenplay, and they they have the footage, and Anderson initially released it um, with that, and Paramount, who was a studio who did this, told him to cut it at least thirty minutes. It was too long, and to tone down the violence, it was it got an NC seventeen rating. It first is first time through. It actually is quite violent for what it is currently. What I saw, and yeah, it's a. I wonder if that cut still exists. I wonder what that looks like. I wonder if it helps at all because, you know, it's really weird because we were talking about this earlier. 
that I thought this was a movie based off a book, but the movie, like, I could tell it went through a lot of rewrites because they really, like, dumbed down the dialogue because there's always, like, hey, speak English to me, you know? I, I don't know, like, what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, do we really need that? Like, you have that in, like, every space movie ever. <laughs> yeah. Speaking, they had the classic uh, how to explain a black hole scene. In this movie, that's also an interstellar where they fold the paper, poke the pencil through. That's how space travel works. Yeah. They had that in here. Mm -hmm. No, but I think a lot of what, like, the confusion or, like, the hurriedness of this movie um, comes through is, I mean, it was 130 minutes originally. He had to, they said, just trim it to 30 minutes, cut out a lot of the violence, which would have been, I mean, it's a pretty gory movie to some, I mean, in some of the scenes, especially when they're in the other dimension, he had to cut it down. And it was filmed in 10 months, completely oh, in 10 months. That's a long time. Um, but they were saying with the special effects that they wanted to put into it, he kind of had to rush through the actual filming of the movie. Um, the, the rotational shot of the space station at the very beginning, orbiting Earth, took a third of the budget and took them several months to develop. So they kind of just flew through it. I was gonna say they were really they were really confident with their special effects in that movie, like yeah. when they first arrive and arrive on Event Horizon, they're like, "Oh, look at all this shit floating around!" And you could definitely tell it was computer generated. <laughs> yeah, it did not age well. Yeah, I, I didn't think that CGI stuff. It did not. And the um, goop, the goop looked bad. Yeah, I agree. Um, but like, I don't know. Like some like I thought their suits looked pretty cool actually. The the space suits. Yeah, I did too. Um, and that, that that's an interesting point. I mean, I was reading, and this can kind of bring it bring it home to the whole we're talking about sci-fi and horror. They they made like really meticulous detail to the suits, like when they were in space and when they were in the station, to make them as realistic as possible, because they said they wanted to keep to the sci-fi element as much as they could. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to make it a science fiction, so that it was a lot of those expositional scenes talking about how the space travel works to the to the uniforms. They wanted it to be science fiction, so I give them that. But also, I'd say it's it's very very much a horror film um, from the violence to basically the the dimension that they go into preys on their fears and their paranoias yeah which is a big thing of, of horror we haven't um, even the, touched about that at all about the yeah. dimension and I was just like okay this spaceship is alive that is it's interdimensional demons that possessed Sam Neill yeah, Some... the designer of it. Yeah. Well, well, he posited that the when it went through the black hole, the ship Event Horizon became a sentient being that could take you to a different dimension, i.e., hell, and like you'd be tortured um, for for eternity. Yeah, that there was a lot of stuff about like hell and and even there was like stuff when they were like talking in Latin and stuff from the previous crew. The captain, you know, you know, randomly did in the captain's log, said something in Latin. Can't remember what he said. Um, I don't know the Latin phrase, but they originally thought it was. My notes. Save me. Uh, I want to say. 
um, yeah, save me. Um, but then they, they came to figure out later it was save yourself from hell. Yeah. And that's why I thought this was like kind of based off a book because I thought it was like almost like an updated version of like about like Dante's Inferno or some shit like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But like different levels of hell and then they're just being tortured and oh. shit. And That'd be an interesting take. Yeah, and then there's uh, just really brutal tortures of, like, how people are dead. Especially the guy who gets, I forgot the term for it, but, like, all his, like, rib cage is ripped open and all his organs are out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God, that's really fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was even worse, apparently. They toned it down from where it was. Mm-hmm. And then that's where I kind of, like... You know, I give the movie props is that it it's very violent and you know like it's weird to give a movie props for that, but you know it it gauged my attention and helped I think helped its thin plot a little bit because it used it effectively, especially like Samuel's eyes like oh they look so fucking disgusting when they're yeah. all cloud out and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a common a common thread. Uh, the eyes being gouged out and the eyes being different colors. I have a, a random complaint. It was really weird to me that they there was a relationship between like a uh Justin and like some other woman character, can't remember her name. Is it Oh, please tell me. Uh I forget her name, but I know who you're talking about. They're she like was... Mama Bear and then like I'm, Baby, Baby Bear. I was like this is. Are they related? Like, what's going on? That came out of nowhere. But Lawrence Fishburne then called him Baby Bear, like in a, in the same scene where he like is going to save him from going out into space. Yeah, and he calls him Baby Bear, and that was never mentioned before. I was really thrown off by that because I was just like uncomfortable. I was just like, why are they calling him Baby Bear? It's so weird. <laughs> it's all right, Baby Bear. What? Yeah, it was a very uncomfortable don't, scene. I didn't Don't open up the outer door. It's okay, come back to me. And I'm like, What? Yeah. And then he's like, Oh my god, I can't take it. Yeah. I didn't I don't um, know if how decompression works, but I'm gonna say it doesn't work like that. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Um but going with, with, with lines, Pete. Um, the mama bear, uh baby bear. Um, I have a favorite line in this movie. Um that it's one of my favorite lines so far that we've done on the podcast um, in a movie. Do you know which one it is from this film? And I prefaced this before, so I gave you time to think if you can. Yeah, I, I got. I want to say, oh man, does he say it right before he hits him with that like little core thing? Is that the moment? Uh, no, it's uh, what's what's the actress? It's it's the woman. Uh, Lieutenant Stark says it, Jolie Richardson's character. And it's like right when they enter the event horizon for the first time. Oh, God. Just tell me. I can't think of okay. it. She sees like that floating person. Like they see a, a, a dead body and it's like floating and it's it's uh, it's uh like ice cold. And then <laughs> they, they turn the gravity off. Um, yeah. And it goes to the ground and shatters, and she she whispers on the microphone to everybody, "Corpsicle." Yeah, that's. And I was like, 
Whoa, so insensitive, Lieutenant. <laughs> That's a corpsicle. Whew. Unneeded line, but I'm happy it was in there. There's a couple of like lines like that where uh, Cooper said something. I want to say it was Lieutenant Stark or whatever. Is that is it Stark or? I think it's Stark. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. She like wakes up and he's like, "You want to wake up with something warm and black inside of you?" Yeah. And then he was talking about coffee, and I was like, "This is really uncomfortable." And she brushed it off like it was nothing. Like that's that's aggressive. And then and like. And Lois French was like, I want you all on the deck right now. He's like, can I get dressed first? And he's like, I do mind. Get your ass on the fucking deck. <laughs> oh, man. Lawrence Fishburne's character in this movie was such a hard ass and like a dick. But I had to root for him in the end. He became he, like he switched and became the protagonist. And Sam Neill became the evil guy. And I was like, this guy's been a dick the whole movie. He's been just yelling at people, not giving a shit. And now we're supposed to root for him at the end. Yeah, and he has this little moment of of redemption too, because uh, we find out that he uh, he leaves a man behind in a previous mission where he is burned alive. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of similar to my creepy headline, but thankfully no one was injured in the real life thing. But yeah. they said that like the way it. They described it in the movie that fire is like liquid that just like flows really quickly at you, mm-hmm. and that's that's just a weird image. And then there's this like a guy who keeps haunting him that could physically abuse him, that sends him flying. Yeah, and the sound effects are quite strange, especially the fight between Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne. They're like pa pa pa, and they're like fighting, and then he's just like being slammed. He's getting pushed against the mm-hmm. water and i was just like this is almost comical yeah. right now <laughs> we actually we have the clip of that one if we can pull it yeah and put it on <laughs> yeah let's, let's, let's put it on right now <laughs> yeah all right That, that that was a fight scene. Um, yeah. And actually, um, it's Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne fighting. The original was uh, the person Lawrence Fishburne uh, left behind who passed away, the, mm-hmm. the fire person. Um, but they ran with test audiences, and it didn't sit well because in the movie, that person doesn't really show up at all. But he also, he also changes... Scene. He he's like comes back to life, and I was just like, "What?" Mm-hmm. He was like, "Fucking!" And he's like, "The ship brought me back," and I was like, "This is weird." Yeah, you don't get I I can't leave or whatever. I, even though it doesn't yeah. make sense that it's, I don't know. I feel like it's a little better that it's like the fear, or they should have had some kind of monster, interdimensional, interdimensional monster, attack him. Yeah, I was hoping. I was hoping for that too. At least, almost Hellraiser-ish, some beings from that other dimension were going to come. 
Yeah, that would have been. Um, I feel like that would have been a little bit better. Yeah, we kind of got a glimpse of that in the in the video footage of the old crew, whether it's like it's called the the blood orgy, where they see it. Um, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, watching and it. a little like calm thing, and then there's like someone holding his eyes and people just sticking mm-hmm. bloody arms into their mouths. It's like fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty gross. <laughs> um, so with that, Pete, we, we've discussed a good bit of Event Horizon and the horror elements of it and sci-fi, but I want you to guess what the budget for this 1997 sci-fi horror film was. Now bear in mind, there's a little bit of trivia with this. They had to pull, they pulled in Paul Anderson Right after he finished Mortal Kombat, which was a success, um, he turned down the second Mortal oh Kombat, a- Alien Resurrection, and the e- and the X Files movie to do this one. So, how much money was this movie worth? I want. I could tell that it had a pretty good budget for its time. I want to say the budget was. I want to say, forty million. It was actually. Oh my god, that was my. Okay, I was going to say that at first, and I was like, that's a little too high. (laughs) Because that's how much. I'm pretty sure that's how much Jurassic Park cost. Well, I know they went all out for this. They wanted the special effects to be as realistic as they could. But they did not. Like, I think 2001 is Space Odysseys. What they did, which wasn't even, like, really CGI, was way better than this 1997. Oh major well, you know <laughs> you're comparing apples and oranges but you're absolutely correct because you know, <laughs> it's just that that's like a classic sci-fi movie and it's like i don't even i don't even know how you fucking how you fucking did 2001 what's his Kubrick that couldn't think of his name for a second well he was a genius so got that um all right, Pete. Um, this is the time we usually talk about sequels, remakes, and uh, even prequels, if they got it. This film <laughs> doesn't have any, as far as my research showed. There's nothing There's nothing uh, on the horizon, even, except um, Anderson, Paul Anderson, talked about maybe combining the old footage together and, like, a director's cut. Um, he said it's pretty shoddy, like, what they, what they have still. Um, it's not that good quality, but he's talked about adding those extra 30-plus minutes of the stuff that was unrated. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that out. actually hasn't happened yet because I feel like a lot of horror films have done that. Like, they, I feel like the fans have been ca- calling for it. Not, not saying that this has, like, a lot of fans or not a lot of fans because I don't know. <laughs> but that you see that uh, happening a lot with a lot of horror film fans now that we're able to get the movie with like a really good quality, like on Blu-ray or digital, whatever you want. And usually with the, mm-hmm. di- with the director's cut, because that's usually the best cut. I'll argue not always, <laughs> i.e. the exorcist in my, in my opinion. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, now that we've uh, 
you got any extra trivia on this film? I know I, I dished them out about pre and post production, but anything extra you saw um, that I missed um, on this film that, that a listener might want to hear? The only thing I could think was really weird that we didn't discuss was like, do you remember the, like, the doctor? He was like a little oddball. He was kind of like a serious guy. Um, he was like one of the last people to die. He died right. He died right like, before Lawrence Fishburne. He's did the what like in the explosion? Oh like, wait, I the, think he did. No, the, not the explosion guy. That's yeah. That's, that's the pilot. pilot. Yeah. Um, this guy, he, Jason Isaacs, Doctor was Trauma? it DJ? Yes, it is DJ. Um, when he, like, when someone's freaking out and he uses a scalpel to, like, threaten him to calm down, and then he's like, get a hold of yourself. And then he, like, kind of drops it, and he's like, oh, what's wrong with me? Yeah. What was that all about? (laughs) I don't know. He just freaked out. Um, I thought maybe, maybe in, like, a deleted scene somewhere, um, they have some sort of, like, storyline of how the fear was taking over him or he had some connection to the the other dimension but it really is out yeah of place I, want, I was almost thinking that maybe storyline. each member kind of had like a their own toss with like being possessed by the the ship mm-hmm. so i don't know if that was ever a play in the original cut because that would make a little more sense. And I think other characters kind of have that moment too. Because they keep seeing... Because I feel like when they're seeing things, they're almost like being possessed by the, sh- the ship in that moment. Sure. Um, I mean, yeah, Sam Neill, in his possession, uh, it gouges his eyes out. Um, and he can't stop himself. He's being possessed by something. Um, Pete... We're, we're running high on time. I think this is a good time to defend or destroy. I'm going to throw it to you Why first. you always throw it to me first? <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll take it first. I usually I do throw it to you first all the time. I'll go. I'm going to destroy. Interesting. You're quite the destroyer. I am. I usually end up destroying them. You know, maybe with the extra 30 minutes, the plot seems a little more cohesive. Um... It definitely had a lot of horror elements, but it seemed to me really derivative um, of a lot of other horror. And and to the extent horror is reflexive, so it like knows what its predecessors did, but it seemed it just took those elements um, and didn't really have any inspiration other than what they did. Like I see Hellraiser a lot in this one. I mean, even Anderson used the core to be at homage to Hellraiser. So. It's a good representation of sci-fi and horror blended well together. I just don't think um, it holds up on story or... Yeah, that's fair. Upon second viewing this movie, I definitely didn't like as much as I first watched it. Um, Mm -hmm. I I would say I'm going to defend it because, you know, per usual. You know, I'm like, what am I, like, 16 and 1? (laughs) for like yeah. defending and, and per destroy um but i think pretty cl- yeah pretty close um but you know I, I i would say that because i didn't hate this movie you know i didn't think it was like the worst movie i've ever seen you know it wasn't uh 
was it most likely to die? That movie was fucking trash. I destroy that movie, no problem. But you know, this movie's got some, got some redeeming, it's pretty qualities. What are you gonna say? Hmm? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. No, it does have some redeeming qualities. It's, I don't think it's on the level of most likely to die, but it's not far off. Ouch. Um, but yeah, it does have some redeeming qualities. It has some redeeming qualities. I mean, I didn't direct it, but <laughs> you, you can't. Oh, good. I'm not getting into this discussion. Yeah, we've already ran long. We might do it in a mini episode. We can talk a little more about that. But that's been our podcast this week. We did Event Horizon. Let us know what you think. Um, let me know if I'm wrong or Pete's wrong. It's probably probably Pete is wrong. Um, but yeah, let us know in the discussion. I'm the voice of the people, man. <laughs> As he likes the thing. As the horror, the, the horror fan community. <laughs> we'll let the we'll let the listeners decide when they get on the get on the website. Um, talk about us. Listen to the mini episodes. Um, we are live streaming. No, we're not. We're just streaming. Just check us out. We're just streaming online. Um, we hope to be back soon. And until then, as always, I'll remain in the shadows. So ready now. <laughs>